Friend, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? If so, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make and start a podcast so easily and then distribute it everywhere and even earn some money. It's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. And then you can distribute it wherever podcasts are heard. Even video podcasts are available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. But best of all, it's totally free and there's no catch. Ever since we've been using Spotify for Podcasters at A Wife Like Me, we've been able to triple our reach, reaching wives across the globe. And it's so simple. Again, we do this right from our computer. And again, you can do it from your phone. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or just go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters. Again, www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. We lead well when we learn how to model his leadership skills. Friends, welcome to an all new episode of the Wife Like Me podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hey. If you're listening, hey. Um, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our episodes when they come out. Hit that button. Uh, we're pumped to be here. Uh, you know Kelly Brinkman. She's with us each week. Hey, Kelly. Hey. Um, So excited about this topic we're going to jump into. As always, everything we talk about, including Kelly, her link is always in our show notes. um, So you can always check her out and this blog post and the writer of the blog post out too. Today, we are diving into a post by Karen Friday. And the topic is leadership. And I'll... I'm excited because I know, Kelly, you said you have some questions, some thoughts. So I I love this topic in general. I'm kind of passionate about it, about it a little bit. Um, So this is going to be fun. But the whole like purpose of today's topic is really to understand like how we can learn to lead well. And what does that look like? How do we do that? Um, So that's what we want to equip you with today. Yeah, absolutely. Learn to lead well from Jesus. I mean, you know, it's going to be good when she brings in the Jesus, right? I'm like, okay, there's going to be things I need to learn, right? Attention. Right. So her intro, I love how she's like, have you blossomed under someone else's leadership? And then she cites three people that she's grown under, like her grandmothers and people who directed her youth group, people who walked alongside her when she was a young adult and when she was in college. And I think that's so important to know that every season may bring a different person to sow into your faith life. Uh, Sometimes I can have the expectation like it's going to be the same person from A to Z. And it's not because our seasons change. I mean, I've moved 20 times, you know, changes a little bit on geography, right? And then she goes into Jesus is the greatest example of spiritual leadership. Giving Karen a fist bump on that. We lead well when we learn how to model his leadership skills. And I think that's so 
important because wives, you're leading in so many areas, uh, whether that be the workplace, uh, friend groups that you're a part of, ministries, different volunteering, perhaps um, with kids in your household. You are leading whether or not you have a business card to go with that, (laughs) Um, but leading using the attributes of Jesus can really change the way we connect with people. Yeah. Like let's hit that hard because if you are listening right now or watching, listening, watching, whatever, you are a leader. If no one's ever told you that you are a leader, a leader is anyone who has influence. Hmm which is you, because we all do. If you're living and breathing, you have influence. Now, whether it's positive or negative, that's the question, but you are a leader. And so hopefully if you're listening again, that you have some desire to grow in this and that's awesome because we all should want to hopefully dive in and like, am I doing these things? Like, how do I do these things? Um, Lord, help me grow in these ways. So this is going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. She jumps into eight ways. So when I read that, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Because these are going to be eight ways to kind of unpack that and look at the life of Jesus to pull out attributes that he showed us. So I'm going to hit the first four. Um, Close relationship with the Father. Exactly. So that presumes that you know God and that you know Jesus, his son, and that he was sent to die for your sins and to be kind of that bridge, that connector in between you and God. He laid down his life and said, I will be the atonement. I'll make up for the sins that you have in your life so that you can connect to a holy God. So starting there, I think is always the heart place. And that can sometimes be the biggest step. It's that coming into relationship with Jesus so that he can connect you to God. I love that. I think of how Jesus, I mean, Jesus was Jesus. like, And he still went away to be with the Father. So how much more do we need that? How much more do we need to maybe unplug from life? And even like Jesus did, he straight up even left his people to seek God for himself, to hear from him for himself. So like, I I just, I'm always challenged by that. Like you, like on one hand, I read that and like, well, duh. And then I'm like, oh yeah. So like good. In that, in that deep sense of how Jesus did, I want that, you know? Yeah. And that has to start from there. Her second one is she's talking about wisdom. And leading well means praying for wisdom and direction in all things and staying in his word. So looking at a relationship with the Father, being fed by God. And then leading with wisdom, so asking God to pour into you. So I didn't feel like I was always walking with the Lord throughout my entire life. I felt like I knew some general Christian values growing up, but it was an entirely different ballgame when I was in high school and then I get in college and then again in later life when I came to understand that the Lord's wisdom could 
kind of helped me fill in the gaps from the years that I felt like I missed. Mm -hmm. And instead of like street smarts or worldly wisdom, instead, one of my most frequent prayers is to ask the Lord to fill me with his wisdom. Because then I feel like that's like the cliff notes. That's like the hack for spiritual life. When I say, Lord, fill me with wisdom, that's to fill me with himself so that I know the best way to go. He tells us in Isaiah, whether to the right or to the left, this is the way walk in it. And so God is always going to show us what is the wisest choice. My mentor, Mama, she describes this wisdom like Velcro. She says she's so cool. She's, I think she's like 80 something. She's amazing. She like leans in with her little, like, and she's just tiny. You could put her in your pocket. And and she's like, Amanda, I just want to be so Velcroed to Holy Spirit that if he moves ever so slightly to the left, so do I. And love I just that. love that picture of like being Velcroed, but like that it's, it's true that wisdom from him when we are completely emptied out of ourselves and saying like, I only want what you want. And, right. and like, you know, practicing just that presence and intimacy with him and asking him for that because we can trust him in that way of like guiding every little step. If there even is a step like that, we are just, I love that way. Like he will show, we can trust that he will give us that wisdom. That's good. Yeah. That's great. I'm going to have that word picture in my mind. Thank you. Mm -hmm. She speaks of kindness too. In her third point, are you known for being kind? So I have a screensaver cause you know, I'm a visual kid and I like to look at things. I'll drop it in the collective so that wives can have that this week as well. But it says, love is my label affixed by Jesus. How can I show it? And to know that kindness goes back to number one, which is it comes from the Lord. And that true kindness means caring about someone. And caring to me means slowing down enough that I can see someone. I can see their real need and see what's going on. So that kindness is something to try to exemplify when you're leading. Yeah, what you just said is going to hit or stick with me slowing down enough. Mm. It re kindness requires that. You it know? Does. Yeah. It's so good. I'm just going to like sit in that for a while. I'm going to make you a coffee mug that says kindness is not speedy. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I'm going to make one for me too cuz I need that. Yeah, it's like can you really quickly be kind? I don't know. You know, like, or, or, but, or, but to even get to the showing something of kindness, you have to slow down enough to actually even consider the need of someone else. You know, mm -hmm. mm, that's good. Right. Humility. She cites that Jesus washed feet. And that was one of the ultimate acts of humility and washing you know, someone's literal feet that were dusty and wearing sandals on a dirty road and just taking care of their immediate need and cleaning the part of them that needed to be washed probably the most. And that humility, she's asking even how can we do that as wives today? So she 
unpacks four more. I mean, this is a full suitcase, Karen Friday. Thank you, girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She unpacks four points here and she says, let another praise you, not your own lips. And that's one way we could show we're humble. And that's Psalm 27 too. So to not ever say, I did this today, I did this, here's what I am doing. Sometimes I hear those words when I'm talking to people and I know that I have to go back and really bring those before God to make sure, A, if I'm supposed to say them and B, how I'm supposed to share that and why. Mm -hmm. Uh, Galatians 6, 5, each one is to be responsible and carry your own load. So some of that is to repent, as she says, and part of repentance is taking responsibility. Do you see that with like people that you talk with in your counseling service, ladies that you just walk alongside? The repentance piece? Yeah. And just the need to, that repentance is linked with responsibility, that it's taking responsibility. Yeah. I mean, we, we cannot be repent. Full? Is that even a word? Repentant, Repent, maybe? Repentant. Thank you. Need more tea. Um, if we aren't humble. Like, and what was the other word you said? Repentant and responsibility. Yes. So I think that humility is tied to our, like, if I'm, if we are unable to see that we maybe dropped our responsibility or we um, like we have been given something and we are not stewarding that well, whether it's a relationship or a, a, a job or whatever that is, we cannot get to repentance without humility for what went wrong in our responsibilities. So that's what I see where there's, if we're missing the brokenness the reality of ourselves. If we're missing that and if we're elevating it at all, if there's any pride in there, we really cannot get to the true repentance. There's um, scripture, you know, that talks about, um, I should Google it right now. Maybe you would, Kelly, for me, the godly sorrow versus the worldly sorrow. Mm-hmm. And so when we walk in world, the worldly sorrow is a selfish sorrow. It says, I really, there's a reason why I did what I did. Um, so therefore maybe I'm sorry, or, uh, there's pride in there because it's selfish. It's like, can we just move on from this now versus a godly sorrow is a brokenness over our own, um, need for Jesus and that grace that he extends. And, and it's, it's an awareness of the hurt or the pain or the loss or the dropping the ball and the responsibility, whatever that is. Like there's an area here that I didn't own and I'm not happy about that. And i I, I want to make that right. I want to turn from it, turn back to God and restore. Um, so, yeah, I think in leadership that happens all the time. I mean, that's the question. Which are we, prideful or humble? Um, nobody right, that's likes a prideful leader. <laughs> nobody. Right. You won't be leading long or leading yeah. well. Or you will, but nobody's going to like you. Right. Or leading well. Yeah. So Second <laughs> Corinthians 7, 10 okay. is where the Rolodex led me. A godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. I'm underlining that and I'm going to write A-W-L-E-M, a wife like me. 
and um, today's date, because that will be a way for me to, you know, always as I'm reading his word, go back and remember this moment and you just speaking to that because I've never made that distinction before, but the, when we truly repent in God's eyes, we, we do say that we're sorry and that it, um, turns to conviction and it's a change in behavior. Like those are some of the outcomes, right. Versus I think, as you said, to help me mirror back and make sure I'm, I'm getting a nugget there, but worldly sorrow, sorrow kind of says, I mean, let's just move on from it. Let's just not fully address it. And I think that's where I was starting with, which was responsibility and to be sorrowful and to show humility comes with taking responsibility. Yeah. 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 Pride will always tell us that, you know, we will apologize or address situations or come into situations with a selfish view of it. So you know, whatever we can do to make me feel better here, I'll do that, even if it is apologizing, but it's rooted. My motives are selfish reasons. And that's a worldly sorrow. And it doesn't lead us to the freedom and the abundance that God promises us when we are able to be like, oh, my land. Right. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, I messed up there. Or I hurt you there, whatever, whatever the situation is. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I'm going to need to re-listen to this already. I can tell you. Okay. Anywho, first, first John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from our sins. And so that's another point of it, too, when she said ask for forgiveness. Philippians 2, 3 speaks to the point you were saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition out of selfishness, but in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. And that dovetails with, with Karen's last point there, but in ways which, what is our true motive? You know, God always knows our heart and he knows the reasons behind the words that we're sharing. Yeah. And if you're feeling like, yeah, I, I, you know, it's really hard for me to be humble. Like, admit that to the Lord and ask him to change your heart that you don't want to hold on to like pride or bitterness, um, or a spirit of, um, offense or critical spirits or anything like tell him that, and he will work in your heart. Um, but it just takes that uh, awareness of that to come first. So, you know, I'm going to add to that citation, that second Corinthians seven ten. I'm going to even just write in my Bible now, Lord, free me from pride and make me more humble and change me. And then I date that as a prayer because that's one I'm probably going to have to circle back to <laughs> because we're human, right? But to remember that. And then when I write it down, it helps me to um, know that I'm doing in, in community with you and with wives. Um, to remember that I can, to not feel alone in that, yeah. but that we're all seeking to be more like Jesus. Yeah. The next two points actually, I think, go together. Go together. Karen says next also, like as leaders following Jesus and learning from Jesus, we can be gracious 
and merciful. And so, you know, this is good because I think it's so weird. I think we're all so different in, in these areas, but just considering my own journey, I am so aware of my own yuck. Um, and yet I can be really hard on the people around me, you know? Mm-hmm. So showing like being a, a leader that actually leads like Jesus, that we reflect his light to the world and we carry his glory looks like extending that same grace and that, you know, again, like I can be hard on people and I don't want to be hard on people. So what does that look like for us? We probably know what that looks like in the ways that we want to grow. Right. But, you know, Matthew five, seven, um, where does this start? Blessed uh, are the merciful yes. for they will receive mercy. Yes. And it's, it's just, we want to extend that not, not for a selfish reason, but because that's who, that's what Jesus has done for us. He has taken, he has taken our sin upon himself. He lowered himself for the benefit of us to the point of death. And if we, for when we take our eyes off of that fact, then we tend to be more hard on the people around us. Um, so extending that mercy and grace to the people without reason um, is a huge part of biblical leadership. Right. Yeah. I think it has to be. And I think about this gif, I mean, maybe you have it on your phone, but it's, I don't even know what words would bring it up, probably celebrate or something. It's this guy in this blue suit and I think it's a yellow background and he goes poof with a bunch of confetti. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So pull up that gif next time, you know, someone does something that, oh, I'm sorry I'm running late or I'm sorry um, I couldn't make it today. Just send him that gift, just throwing grace on you. And I just think about the people in my life, how I can do that just to throw grace around like confetti. Yeah. Yeah. The next point is my, probably my favorite because I've been diving into it recently um, is just leading like Jesus looks like servanthood. And Specifically, it looks like, I mean, leadership is servanthood. Biblical leadership equals servanthood. If we were to like sum all of this up, that's what that is. Um, when we look at probably the most misused scripture passage of the Bible, it's in, in <laughs> Ephesians 5. Okay, like this is the most difficult scripture. Okay, but he, I want you to stick with us. I'm going to read it and then listen to the words that stick out, okay, that are repeated in this passage. Okay. You ready, Kelly? I'm ready. Okay. Ephesians 5 what, girl? We're starting in 5 verse 21. Okay. okay. Listen to now repeat Okay. Oh, yes. Stick with me. I'm going to explain it at the end. I know it makes us itchy. Okay. And sweaty. Okay. Here, first, <laughs> but this is so beautiful and it's been misused, twisted, and abused. And I'm going to tell you what it actually all comes down to. Okay, listen to the word, repeated words. Submit. This is first, Paul is saying um, these are the instructions for the whole community of believers. If you are a follower of Jesus, this is for you right now. So, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter your job. This is his first, how they, he opens up this entire passage here. He says, submit 
to one another out of reverence for Christ. So out of love for Christ, submit to one another, everybody, you to her, him to her, him to him, all the, everybody, I want this beautiful picture in the community of believers to me just to be submitting to one another. It continues, wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up submitted himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Repeated words there, love, submit, head. Okay. First, this be- the call is for all believers. Love, submit, love, submit, love, submit. When, when this is laid out for wives to submit, do, does it mean that husbands are to not submit? No, because he said it at the beginning of the path. Everybody, every Christ follower is to submit to one another. And when he calls husbands to love their wives, does it mean wives should not love their husbands? No. Of course not. And when he gives this picture to us of what headship looks like, the head of the church, Christ is the head of the church. What one action showed um, that Jesus was the head of the church? He gave himself up. He lowered himself. He came under us. He preferred us so much because of love that he gave himself for us to the point of death. And that's the beauty of it. So when we see the world and even well-meaning Christian teachers, authors, speakers will tell us, and because the world is getting in and twisting it, that leadership, headship in the home um, looks like the world. It looks like what? Commanding, controlling. It looks like telling us, telling the family what to do and them listening. It looks like this dictatorship relationship, kind of this power that they have. When that's not biblical, it's unbiblical. Jesus never dictated. He never controls. He never um, tells us what we need to do. He invites us through love into what it looks like to live and follow him, but he never he never controls us. Um, he, he prefers us. That's headship. And so a biblical leadership looks nothing like even what we're teaching in the church sometimes about um, this kind of power play. It's, it's much more, it's beautiful. It's not oppressive. It's, it's gorgeous. And it, it involves all of us preferring one another and lowering ourselves for the other, for the well-being of the other because of our amount of love that we want to do that. And, and not because we are awesome or our husbands are awesome. It's because our love for Christ compels us to want to submit and love each other. 
And so that's the beauty of marriage. That's the beauty of like leadership. Um, but we've totally messed it up. But like Karen says, he Jesus has redefined what makes a great leader. Um, and so servanthood uh, is laying yourself down for the benefit of those around you. It's not dictatorship or commanding or controlling. And so it's this beautiful, we've got to like remind ourselves of this every single day because it's not power. It's, it's, it's so much better than the world is trying to tell us it is. Um, and it draws people in to want to live the same and lead the same. Right. Romans twelve ten. be devoted to one another in brotherly love, that devotion in that submitting Sometimes we have to even unpack that word or if there's one that kind of itches in our spirit to wrestle with that and say, what is it about that word? But it is remembering, as you said, that it is to each other and it's not one person doing it more than the other. I mean, granted, we can only be responsible for ourselves, right? It is a wife like me. It's not like a wife's telling your husband's ministry, you know, it's like. We can just do us, right? Girl, I have to say, you're like a good push-up bra. I mean, like, seriously, the support you offer is is life-changing. So thank you. Carry on. Carry on. Need it myself, girl. That's that's why I have any of this in my heart is because God has worked and is continually, continuously working and 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 working. And I've had to learn the hard way and then relearn, relearn, relearn every single day. So it's just, you know, and I'm reminded even as we're talking about this, like I, I think we both needed this this morning. And that like, the, the following Jesus, duh, is brings so much more life and peace to our souls than our flesh. Exactly. And, and it my, takes the grr right out of my argument, you know, and I'm like, Jesus, yeah, takes the grr out. And this is the interesting thing then, because it comes to the last point, which Karen shares is leading looks like loving with truth. And so I love that because she says, looking at the life and ministry of Christ, we learn how he never compromised the truth in order to love others, not once. Instead, he loves others with the truth. And she says, you lead well when you love people with truth, with God's truth. Um, And so what I love is that, you know, in Christianity, we never have to forsake God's word or sin at like, just to be nice to people or like, no, like it's, it's both. And so like, I can call my husband out in love in a way that maybe he's being neglectful or sinful or prideful, um, and still love him well in that. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm sharing a mirroring, you know, like God's word with him in love. Um, so I'm speaking truth and leading at the same time because of love in that truth. So Jesus, like, like Karen said, he, he never condemns people, but he never also allows sinful behavior. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't love sin. So he wants to lovingly, lovingly invite us into 
life with him by showing us where in our hearts there are things that need cleaning up and and realigning back to him. And so we can do that the same. Um, It takes a lot of prayer and submission to the Lord and Holy Spirit and saying, I don't want my part in this. I need you to give me the words in this. I don't want me to come through in this. Um, Show me how to communicate with love and truth in this situation. Give me the eyes and the words to see and then communicate how you want me to. That does not happen overnight sometimes. Sometimes it takes lots of prayer and lots of just intimacy with the Lord to get exactly like the right, whatever, approach to that. Um, But it is possible. Right. I think, you know, I'm an artist. And so I was looking at um, her eight attributes that she pulled out today. And as I got counting on this painter's palette, the different colors, you know, the primary colors, the secondary colors and and tone and value, black and white, I was thinking as a leader, this is the palette that we have taking those attributes of the Lord and how we can each paint um, people's experience who are led by us. We can paint an environment and paint um the office in which we serve, the ministry in which we serve, the friend group in which we serve, uh, the school, wherever it is we are, we have this whole palette. And with all of these colors and with all the attributes of Christ, we have everything we need for life and godliness. And how after reading this, I just felt like more equipped because there were a couple pockets there. I was like, gosh, you know, I've not been using the red and I barely even touch on the yellow. And so I can go back and say, I need all of these colors. I need all the attributes of Christ in order to be using everything God has given me. It's so good. It's so good. That's how I feel too. You know, I don't want to be all blue or whatever. Like I do want to be humble enough to say, I want to grow in these other, like a lot, if not all, but growing all, but like, there are these definite areas where I'm, I'm, it does not, that's, those are hard, more difficult for me. And I don't, I want to grow in that. I really do. Um, and I love Karen's wife step. She says, just make a copy, print this out. Um, again, the links are always in the show notes. So you can just click on the blog post, print it off. Um, and just ask the Lord to help you. Um, serve others and lead in wisdom, kindness, humility, grace, mercy um, to those around you. So, so good. Exactly. If you're not already following us on YouTube, do you can see my very fancy painter's palette. Okay. It's not fancy, but you know, it teaches me and it helps me understand it on a deeper level. Thank you for that. I love that. Yes. And every episode, friends, we've got something kind of like different. Kelly kind of surprised us with something. I never know what it's going to be, like uh, anything. So what do you have for us all today tuning in? Okay, you ready? I am. Marriage, do you like to eat sweet, salty, or spicy food? You and your husband, give me the answer. I like sweets. I like sweets. Hmm. How about Chet? He likes chips, so I'd probably say salty. Right. I knew I liked him. That's good. <laughs> are you are you salty too? Uh, no, I'm probably like overboard sweet sugar and I need to break up. You know, mm. we totally do. Yeah. Mark is probably more salty, but I mean, not too much salt. 
you know, he's definitely not spicy. Okay. Okay. But I think back to all the things that we've talked about today and the way in which we talk, are we choosing sweet, salty is in like to add flavor and depth mm. or are we choosing spicy? Mm, that's good. I didn't you know, expect that Kelly. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's so a good how are we going to talk today? Sweet, salty, spicy. Cause we all know what happens after you eat some spicy food. All right. It is not good. It is right? not pretty. Friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody's going to want to clean that bathroom. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, friends. We well, thanks it. for talking again today. I always just glean so much. Um, it's, I take my own notes during this and I listen again because I want to continue to be sharpened and just changed to be more like God. So I'm a work in progress. Believe me, at times I'm like, Lord, here's my prayer sometimes. Lord, have you even started in me? Have you even started? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I can remember that day when I said yes to Jesus and asked him into my heart. And it's been 25, 30 years, you know, but I still have days where I go, Lord, did you even start in me? So there's hope for all of us. There's hope because of Jesus. Yes. So we hope that you feel more equipped to lead like him and that you can use that full palette of, of all the attributes of Jesus and to think about those as you lead with great love. Absolutely. Ladies, you're not alone and we love you. And God is so good to us to get us back on and our hearts humble again and turn to him. And I'm so grateful for that and grateful for you ladies. Um, it's, it's like, I, sometimes we just, um, we, I send out our weekly Friday email and I just wrote it yesterday for this Friday this week. And I was like, I don't know if anyone knows, but it's just me like behind the scenes on my computer every day. And, and I'm here and Kelly's on the podcast, of course, but like, we're always here for you. So don't ever hesitate reaching out, emailing, sending us a message, commenting on one of these. Well, it's, it's like her and me, there's not some random person that's going to respond. And so we love you and um, we're here for you. So um, just so grateful. And again, remember to hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss an episode. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. We love you all. Have a great week and we'll see you then.